0: I certainly remember in grade 8, uh, well, before grade 8, but moving up to grade 8, it was always the duty on Remembrance Day, November the 11th, that the grade 8 class of the public school would recite the famous Canadian poem, In Flanders Fields. Uh, how many here think they could say In Flanders Fields for memory today? I won't ask you to do it, but you can lie and put up your hand. How many think they could do it for memory today? All right, we'll work on it. Next week, there'll be the test, Okay. But you will know as soon as you hear the words, in Flanders fields the poppies blow, between the crosses, row on row, that mark our place and in the sky, the larks still bravely singing fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead, short days ago, we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up your quarrel with the, fo- with the foe, to failing hands we throw. The torch be yours to hold it high. If we break faith with those who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders fields. I did most of it for memory, but it always sends shivers down my back, down my spine when I hear this Canadian poem read. And when I say it out loud, because it tells the story of so many men and women, mostly young men and young women, who went off to fight a battle that we couldn't fight. It tells a story of countless individuals who gave their lives so selflessly so that we could live in the true north strong and free. It tells the story and helps us remember that we are here because of the sacrifice that somebody else has made. We can read time and time again countless stories, one after the other, of many different individuals who have given their lives, who may have come home but left a part of them behind whether physically, emotionally. It doesn't take us a long time to realize. We don't have to spend too much conversation to know that war is not a nice thing. It is a messy, messy situation. No one ever wins a war. We may win battles, we may look at winning wars, but the truth is, even the winner never truly wins because we always lose a little bit of something behind. Now today, as we are gathered here in this moment, we're gonna share a couple different videos today that help us remember the sacrifice that was made, to help us remember those who have gone and fought before us. And so I introduce you today to a video from uh, the Niagara Peninsula from a young, well he's not young, but he's a young officer that serves with a local air cadet squadron and he put this video together to show us today, to show across churches. So let's watch this video together.
1: Well, good morning and greetings to my family of faith, wherever you are today. Whether you're meeting in person in a church or you're at home watching live streaming or this on the internet, I greet you and glad to be with you. As COVID-19 has had a serious impact on all of our society, our lives, our health, livelihood, and all that makes up our society, it has also had an impact on our Remembrance Day activities and, and remembrance celebrations. The Chief of Defense Staff has instructed all forces personnel to avoid large in-person gatherings so that we can maintain uh, health and readiness for action at any time. And so it is my pleasure today to be able to come to you and share this virtual Remembrance Day activity. So why do we have these Remembrance Day services? I know that uh, most people will think about World War One and World War II and likely my junior high students from my Sunday school class are thinking, yeah, he's old enough to have served in World War II. But sad to say, no, I'm not quite that old, kids. Uh, but we do remember World War I ended on the 11th day of the 11th month at the 11th hour in 1918. We remember that 20 million people died and that 21 million people were injured and that over 66,000 Canadian soldiers lost their lives in that war and another 172,000 were injured and came home. That was 3% of the entire Canadian population at that time. World War II ended on the 2nd of September 1945 with 70 to 85 million people who perished and 45,000 plus Canadian soldiers who died during that war. The Korean War, the Cold War, and the longest war that Canada was ever in was the Afghanistan War of 13 years. We gather to remember their sacrifice. But not only theirs. Think of Canadian Forces personnel who over 175,000 of our military personnel have served as peacekeepers around the world. And so we take this day to remember and to give thanks for those who served and sacrificed for us. Now I know when we speak of military identity that you think of the uniform. You see the uniform and it is a symbol, but it is a symbol of something that is deeper. Our military identity is based on three principles. The first one is voluntary military service. The second one is unlimited liability and the third is service before self. The fallen, the wounded, the broken, all chose to serve and protect the Canadian population and our allies before caring for themselves. Now, not all sacrifices include death. I think of my great uncle, Leslie Boyd, who served in the artillery in Europe during the Second World War and participated in the liberating of Holland. After the war was over and he returned home, although he was not wounded, his life was forever changed. 50 years later, he returned to Holland for the celebration of the uh, anniversary of the liberation of that country. And while there, he had flashbacks of the battle that so damaged him that he had to be hospitalized for a time, because even after such a long time, he suffered from PTSD. So not all sacrifices end in death. And not all battles are in war. During this time of the COVID pandemic, Canadian Forces personnel have been sent and gone into long-term care facilities in Ontario and Quebec, so that they could provide care and medical services to those who were most vulnerable and who seemed to be attacked by the virus more than anyone else. And they put their own lives in danger so that they could provide care and service for others. This is service before self. So even as our Canadian military personnel serve to protect our Canadian values and people here and around the world, today I want to call us to action Let us remember the fallen, the wounded, and the broken. Let us care for those who have served, whether it's through our society, the church, or as individuals, let's care for them. Let's learn from their example, service before self, especially during this pandemic period. Let's not become polarized and angry, but let us voluntarily take restrictions like the wearing of the mask that are meant to benefit others and to protect the society at large. Let's take a moment and thank a veteran for their service. As a Christian, I remember that the heart of our faith is this, greater love has no person than this, than to lay down their life for their friends. Jesus died for us and for all of humanity so that new life would be made available to all without discrimination. Thank you.
0: Every time Remembrance Day comes around, I always think of that verse from John. Why don't you just come use the microphone so everyone online can hear you. You can just use this one here, Glory, to the right of me. This is just so everyone online can hear you today.
2: This story is very special because it involves my uncle, my Uncle Jack. And uh, when he was 18, he joined the Royal Canadian Air Force, and he was immediately posted in Britain. And uh, he, he flew uh, Lancaster. He, he didn't fly. He was a navigator on the Lancasters. And it was supposed to be his last mission before he was, had time off. And he was shot down in Germany and, and was in a prison camp. And, uh, Years later, when the war was over, he came back to Canada and he went to Queen's University and he became a doctor and he wanted to further his studies. So he went to Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota and ended up becoming a professor of anesthesiology. And while he was there, he became best friends with a, a German fellow. I can't remember the last name, I met the gentleman, but his name was Wolf and uh, it turned out that Wolf was shot down in Canada and was in Nays at the prison camp here, and my Uncle Jack was in a prison camp probably less than 100 miles from where Wolf grew up, and they became amazing friends, and uh, they worked together, and I had the honor of of meeting him one time when I was there, and uh, it just was, I always thought such a beautiful story because two soldiers, young men, fought for their own country and then they met in another country and became really good friends. I don't know how to put
0: it back. Thank you so much for sharing that amazing story. I think if it wasn't okay, I wouldn't have a choice. You know, here's, here's the thing about story, and I actually have this in my notes today. The, the amazing thing about story, it's, it's one thing to tell a story. You can make anyone believe anything by telling a convincing story. But here's the thing, nothing compares to the truth. Nothing compares to your actual testimony. And as we look in this moment, I testify today and i look at the great sacrifice that was made by others for us today i think of the u.s coast guard slogan it's one of my favorites i've said it many times from the pulpit their slogan is that so others may live and i love it so much because it's a reflection of my faith is that there was a sacrifice that was made so that i could live and that i could live for all of eternity not just life here on this earth but life after death it gives me a hope It gives me a testimony. You know, Revelation says that we're saved by the blood of the Lamb, which means that the Lamb was shed, that he was sacrificed. We were saved by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Our confession of faith in Jesus, that he is Lord, he is king, he is ruler of my life. You know, I I am amazed as I look south of the border and the chaos that ensues for one election And even how many Christians, even in our own nation, get so distracted and caught up in the chaos that is politics and business. And I am strongly reminded that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is King, that I am first a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, not of this world. So Jesus, today, as we gather here in this moment, I pray for peace. I pray for peace, O Lord, in this room. Pray for a stillness and a reverence in your name, O God. And Lord, I give you thanks, O Lord, for the ability, O Lord, for us to celebrate this freedom that we have in you. Jesus, I thank you for the sounds, Lord, that remind us, O God, that, Lord, we are your children. And Lord, even in our best days and worst days, you take us just as we are. God, I thank you for your goodness today. In your name I pray, amen. As we close today, we're gonna take a moment of of communion and Mackenzie's gonna go wash her hands, wherever she went. Never mind, Mackenzie. I don't know where she went. All right, would anyone like to volunteer this morning? Frank? Do me a favor. There's just a bottle of hand sanitizer at the back. Would you go ahead and just wash your hands, and then I'm going to ask you to hand out these emblems today. As you you take these emblems today, uh, yeah, you can hand them off. As, uh, As we hand out these emblems today, I encourage you, as soon as you get the cup in your possession, take out the top layer of bread first. Uh, It's it's rather difficult and frustrating, which I apologize for, but go ahead and take that out. And we're just going to take a moment of communion together now. Communion is a special time in the life of those who believe in Jesus, for those who believe that we are saved by his grace. In other words, if you would call yourself a Christian today and you believe that Jesus is Lord, I invite you to partake in communion with us today. and We'll hold on to the emblems and we'll partake together in just a moment. But communion is a time, as a, a moment for us to remember the sacrifice that was made for us, but it also exists to remind us that even though Jesus died, it reminds us that he came back to life again. It reminds us that, that because he came back to life, that no matter what comes our way, that even though we were dead in our sins, we were dead because of our past, that we have eternal life with Jesus. And it reminds us that as we partake together, this bread represents the body of Christ. It reminds us that we are also, as his church, the body of Christ. And the way that Jesus laid down his life for us, including his enemies, that he's called us to lay our lives down for him as well. Thank you so much, Frank. So today I turn to the book of Matthew, and this is what it says. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Why don't we give thanks for Jesus' body in brokenness today. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for sending of your son, Jesus, to take away the sins of the world. I thank you today for this emblem that we hold, this, this wafer, Lord, as a symbol, as a representation, of oh God, of your body and how it was broken for us. And Lord, we may we never forget the sacrifice that was given, Lord, so that we may forever live with you. God, as we look at the brokenness of your body and as we look at the brokenness of this bread today, may it remind us, O God, that even on our best day, we still need you. That I need you as much on my best day as I do my worst. So God, I thank you, O God, for your brokenness so that we would be made whole. Let's partake together. It goes on to say in Matthew, he says, Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of this vine until, from now on until the day I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. I love the way Matthew phrases this verse because it reminds us that we have a hope of a future. You know, I I can only imagine what it was like being a soldier on that battlefield, not knowing when the end would come and when the end of my life would come. But today, I don't have the answer to that question, but I know that when it does come, I know that I get to sit at the table with my Lord and Savior, and I get to drink from this cup again and worship and celebrate him again. So Jesus, I thank you for the shedding of your blood, that would cover all of our sins. Lord, that nothing that we have ever done, Lord, would ever separate us from your love because of the shed blood of Jesus. Lord, we partake in this drink together to remind us and to celebrate the future that we have with you to sit at your table, both now and forever. I thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake together. In the end of Jesus' prayer as he taught us how to pray in the Our Father. He says, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have no idea what the future will hold, but I do know that no matter what happens in our future, we do not need to be afraid of anything ever. That no matter what comes at the end of this pandemic, that no matter what happens out of the U.S. elections, No matter what happens in our own nation, we have nothing to fear because we have a hope in Jesus for the future. I pray God's richest blessings on you. I pray God's richest blessings on this community. And as we close in prayer this morning, I encourage you, do the next thing, and that is don't be afraid to lay yourself down for someone else so that someone else may live. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your grace and your goodness and your mercy. I pray your greatest blessing, Lord, over all those here, those that are watching, those could not make it today. I pray, O oh Lord, that we would know your goodness above all things. I pray, Jesus, that your love would be known through us, that we would be willing to give of ourselves so that others may live. We thank you for every man, woman, and child today. May they be blessed in your name we pray. Amen.